midst of all of that. Um, Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 6 is the passage we're going to be doing. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we will get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to uh, just hear you speak to us now through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence now where we are all gathered together to, uh, frankly, just hear what you have to say to us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your patience as we continue to navigate this world that we're in and overcome battles of the flesh that we go through. We thank you, Lord, for loving us before we even knew how to love you. And we thank you again for all that you're doing. We just give you thanks and praise, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. (laughs) Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6. Uh, We will get started with uh, the lesson. And we're talking about the lesson, essentially, we are going about how we are to live by faith. Uh, This is the essence of Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to spend a couple of weeks in this chapter uh, talking about faith and about the different uh, people represented here in the passage. We just got through this entire exercise in Hebrews chapter 10, um, talking and leading up to this section about faith and how faith is superior. The superiority of faith is the theme of these uh, verses. And what I will do, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to go ahead and read verses, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. And we'll go back over it and cover it. And just keeping in mind, too, that we do this, uh, we're covering a, a few verses at a time. And the reality is I have to get down to church uh, <laughs> to be able to preach. I can't cover a whole lot of verses uh, on those moments. But, but this is okay. It's all good, self-contained in this particular passage as well, too. So let's go ahead and get started. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Please follow along on your version. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse 4. It was by faith that Abel bought, brought a mere acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Verse 5. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For he was ta- Before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And verse 6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Let me... Let me mention something about that particular verse because that that's a verse that a lot of us go right back to when we talk about the the measure of faith and the importance of faith without faith it's impossible to please god that is something that is the very essence of why we have to have faith to believe that jesus is our lord and savior if you don't have faith 
then you can't possibly believe that he is Lord and Savior. If you, if you don't have faith in what he is and who he represents for us, then that pretty much is the line you have to make a decision about, isn't it? That's what we need to recognize here. That's why it's very important for us to cover this passage, these passages about faith and the importance of faith. For those of us who are stuck on seeing things and, you know, you can't go beyond that, then that's a, that's a prayer for you to now see where God will put you when it comes to faith. Because a lot of the things that we have faith in, we can't see. We, we don't see those things. Um, that, that's the importance of all of this. We don't see. We have a lot of promises that God has made to us. We have a lot of promises that Jesus has made to us. And those promises, we have to have faith and believe that those promises are going to happen. Otherwise, our faith is meaningless. Um, let's just get right down to it. That's really what this is all about. We, we, our faith is meaningless if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Lord and Savior who sits at God's right hand. He was appointed and put to that position by the Lord because of his sacrifice on the cross for us. If you don't believe those things, then you are now basically a lost individual. You just don't have anything to look forward to if you don't think he's going to do anything for you. You're, a lot of people stumble around and wonder how in the world, you know, it, what's going to happen to me when I die? Well, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has said, you'll know exactly where you're going to be. That was mentioned yesterday at the funeral. It's mentioned in just about every eulogy I've heard for the last, you know, couple, three years. It's it's If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is the stumbling block. That's the stopping point for all of us. I will talk about this in the message later today as well, too. It's kind of important that you have this faith. And not that you have it all together when you have the faith, but have it to the degree that you're still working out your faith, working out your salvation. Remember, that's what the passage, your spirit, it's a spiritual matter that you have to work through. You have to get through those things. Um, it's in Philippians, right. Um, and that's what you have to, that this is your spiritual worship. You're working out your salvation is your spiritual worship. I think that's what the verse says, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that's essentially where you are. You're, you sh it's not one of those things where, okay, it's said and done. No, it's not said and done. You need to be working through this because remembering that you're always in a world that is fleshly and always wants to try to take the upper hand in how we are supposed to react or respond to different things that take place, you have to have faith that the Lord is in the midst of all of this and will get through this. Philippians 2.12? Okay, Philippians 2.12. Uh, let's flip to that since that is mentioned and Philippians 2.12. We'll come back to Hebrews 11 in just a moment. Yeah. Philippians 2.12. And God wants you to do this. He wants you to wrestle with him at times when it comes to your faith, when it comes to what's going on in your life. He doesn't mind that. Uh, God is a great wrestler. Uh, <laughs> you... Um, that's, that's something that we have to recognize as well, too. He wants you to do these things. He wants you to use your mind. He wants you to exercise your mind. He gave this mind to you to be inquisitive, to be thinking, to be processing information, to ask questions. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking questions about, you know, what's going on in your life and where you are. 
Look at Philippians 2.12. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, you see what's going on here. I just read verse 13 uh, at the same time as I read 12. But, but also, this is what makes you really develop in your faith and develop in your uh, Christianity. It, this is what it's all about. You don't just say, it's okay, because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I got saved, and that's it. No, that's not it. You are, you've got a lot of more work to do. You've got a lot more to process. And in order for you to be obedient to God's will, guess what? You have to be in tune to him. That's what's being said right here in Philippians chapter 2. You have to work through these things and wrestle and ask questions and seek out the Lord. And There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. And you're going doing all this wrestling. And, and you're coming back to the fact that God is still with you and still helping you to process all of these things that are coming your way. You have to be able to do those things. Let's go back to the text, Hebrews 11, verse 1. And... I don't know if this is something that everybody relates to. Uh, well, I know a lot of adults today, they look forward to their birthdays. And they get, <laughs> they look forward to the birthdays and they wonder like, well, you know, what's going to happen on my birthday? You just want to, you get excited, you get anxious about something and you anticipate something. And hopefully you're not let down by that. Uh, but ultimately, I think what it comes down to is that we have, a, we have an ex- expectation and assurance of what Jesus Christ does um, and I think that that's what we, what I think was being conveyed here in this commentary, but don't know how well it was really being com- uh, uh, communicated. But but ultimately, what it comes down to is when we're talking about faith, what is the expectation of faith? We have an assurance, and we have an anticipation that Jesus Christ is going to do exactly what He has said He will do, and that's what it comes down to, and that He indeed keeps all of His promises. That is what faith is all about. That's what it says in verse 1. Go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And we have this faith based upon our life in Jesus Christ. The markers that we can point to where we know that God has been faithful. We know that God has indeed delivered us. He has done things for us. He has healed us. He has protected us. Um, I made a... a, a I've, I've, my wife reminded me of something this morning... Um, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah had stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And, pardon me? Large cell. Okay. And he went through a time where he was, he wondered if he was going to live or die, but he was healed completely of stage four. Stage four is as bad as you can get. Stage five is, I guess, the worst, but stage five is you're done. Uh, stage four he was completely healed from that, and that's something that only God can do, and only God will do it because most, you know, the doctors will tell you, well, we're just going to get through it and make you comfortable and all that good stuff, and like, no, it, if there's a way to be treated, God is going to be the one who's the great physician, the great healer. We have to understand that we never, ever want to minimize or cut back on what God can do. God can do anything. And that's the type of faith that we need to have as a people. God can do anything. Now, we also know that he doesn't always heal people to completion. We recognize that. There's a sovereignty factor in here as well, too. But there's nothing that gets past him, and, and there is a 
ultimately there's a purpose in all of this that we will not really always realize, uh, and we won't realize it perhaps until we are with him. But until such time as we are, faith is always going to be the factor that we must rely upon when it comes to matters of uh, healing, matters of clarity, matters of uh, asking questions and getting answers, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that he indeed is the one who can do mighty things in many different ways and in ways that, frankly, we don't expect. That's the other great thing about this here, too, is that we may have anticipation about what Jesus will do, and we might be completely surprised by what he does because we need to see that he goes beyond our own reasoning, our own way of understanding things. He goes beyond all of that and shows us my ways are higher than your ways, and they always have been. And that's what faith truly is when we recognize and see that. I keep getting this message. I got it in my devotional this morning, the same message about how God's ways are greater than, than our ways. He is the one who deserves our worship, our, our praise, um, and our thanks for, number one, being here. Number one, being, uh, and, and that's, me, I mean, our very existence. He is the one who is Lord over our very existence. He is the one who created us and made us and had us to live in this time, this place, in this moment. And we are doing so uh, for the glory of the Lord and as far as demonstrating and speaking about his gospel, his truth to others. That is why we are here and that we need to recognize that and just say praise the Lord. No matter where you are, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, our purpose is to praise and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do so with faith. Let's go to verse 2 in, um, well, let's... Hang on, before I go back to verse 2, faith requires us to believe in something, and that's in God's character. That is something that we need to recognize here, too. He is who he says. He says he's God. We believe he is God. We believe he is the creator. We can't see him, but we rec we can't see him physically. We, By scripture's account, if we were to look God in the face, we would perish immediately. Uh, probably because of the degree of righteousness that uh, he ha represents, as opposed to what we represent, which is our flesh. Uh, I have a feeling that has a lot to do with it. And he says that, you know, we just have to believe in God's promises because we believe who he is, who he says, because he's going to do what he says. That's what it comes down to. Um, we don't, we believe in God. He's going to fulfill the promises. We haven't seen them yet. We, Of course, we haven't seen uh, Jesus's return yet because that would essentially be the end uh, for for our purposes as believers but but ultimately what it comes down to is that Jesus Christ is the one who has kept his promises and he keeps his promises I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh, about the importance of prayer and keeping account of how God answers prayer and get a journal if you have a question about that see this is how you work out your salvation everybody You've got to see the evidence of what Jesus is doing. And if you take an account as prayer, as far as prayer is concerned, and see how God has answered those prayers and, and understand something, it's not about your timing, it's his timing. Amen? It, how he answers the prayer is completely up to him. He is sovereign, and he makes that determination based upon uh, the, the common good that he represents for all of us. And so when you see that those promises are being kept, that's where the faith gets stronger. 
that's where your faith really grows and develops when you see the evidence of praying. And I think I mentioned praying with specificity, which means specific prayers and making, making sure that you indeed are praying, where you see God answering those prayers with specificity and you'll see he truly does hear and understand your prayers. If you get that, that's exactly how you are to always respond and react when it comes to faith. You're working out your own salvation. Let's go back to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 2. Now we're going to get to the people involved that are mentioned here in this first section of Hebrews chapter 11. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Let's look at this for one second here because this is an important aspect of faith. We have to believe that God had formed, called the universe that we know of uh, into existence out of nothing. Um, and it's not specifically written, when we talk about the earth being uh, a form of some sort, it was in a form, uh, didn't have any real shape to it. God is the one who uh, formed the world and, and, and put the world into place. And it's something that was created out of nothingness. Um, you know, we, we read about the accounts of Genesis of let there be light and, you know, the land separating the waters was formed. You know, the waters were separating the lands and, and how he did that. We, we believe that because that's what God did by speaking it. And that's what we have to understand. God called the universe into existence out of nothing. He declared that it was to be and it was. Our faith is in the God who created the entire universe by his word. By all accounts that we read in scripture, and if we believe scripture, we would believe it to be true, uh, God formed the world by speaking it into existence. And a question that I have, you know, when we talk about the awesome power of God's word and the fact that his spoken word has power, here's a question for you. When he speaks, do you listen? Do you listen and respond? When God speaks, and sometimes the voice, we're not talking about the voice that's necessarily thundery and um, sounds like it's, it's being shouted outside in the mountaintops like thunder. Sometimes his voice is very, very calm and very soft and um, just above being whisper-like. You know what I mean? But you can hear it. But do you respond? Do you hear it? Uh, these are things that you need to practice. All of God's children have the ability to hear the Lord speak. Sometimes we have to develop how we hear him speak. Sometimes we have to be so quiet and still, we know that he's speaking. Sometimes we have to just go back and ask the Lord, Lord, I need more clarity. Can you speak to me specifically about this particular issue or subject? And that's what we have to do. You have to prepare yourself to hear and understand God's word. The Holy Spirit is the guide for you to be able to do those very things. That's what we have to recognize here. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be able to hear us, uh, God speak to us. Do you listen? Do you respond? How do you respond? If you're listening, you say thank you. If you respond, you say thank you and praise you. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we need to be doing. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ that allows us to hear and respond as he speaks to us. I, I, I'm prayerful that you are taking advantage of the wonderful thing that you have by believing the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. He is wonderful. 
He indeed is wonderful. He does all these things for us. And I'm prayerful that you are becoming more and more sensitive to uh, the Lord as you go about your business, as you go about your daily life, as you go about your ministry, whatever it is that you're doing, that you're being more and more sensitive to his presence. And as you grow in Christ, as you grow in that relationship, as you develop, as you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling, he is going to speak to you in ways and ways that you don't expect sometimes. He's going to keep working with you. He's going to be touching you. He's going to be doing all kinds of things in your life that are just going to blow your mind. And I think that that's what we all need. It's okay that you get your mind blown by the Lord every now and then because that's that's something that he reminds us that he is indeed present. And he reminds us that he indeed has the power and the ability. Uh, he is over all things. Nothing gets past him. He is very sensitive to the lives that we are living right now. He knows all about it. He is well aware of it. But he also challenges us to do what? To seek after him, to look to him for guidance. All right, let's get to the last part of this. Um, Hebrews 11.4. It was by faith that Abel, back to Hebrews 11.4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It's a very interesting passage here. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now, let's look at this for a real quick second here. The, the implication here in this passage is that Abel was a righteous man and Cain was not. Cain just kind of made a an offering. We can we can make a conclusion it was half-hearted. I don't know. But that's but but God did not accept Cain's offer. And we need to see something here. Offering. We need to see something here. First of all, we're talking about Cain and Abel. These were the first two sons uh, of Adam and Eve. And we, we have a brief account of them in, in Genesis. And God had made it very clear in the passage that Abel offered a sacrifice that pleased God, while Cain's sacrifice was unacceptable. Unacceptable. Just completely the opposite of what um, Abel had done. And Abel had sacrificed an animal substitute, basically. It was a, a more acceptable to God, because, both because it was a blood sacrifice, and most important, because of Abel's attitude when he offered it. We can make an, a conclusion here that Cain had either a bad attitude, a negative attitude. I think he was just going through the motions. And you have to understand something. If the offering part was a very important aspect of worship at that time that God was establishing, it was worship. And so basically Abel felt it was necessary to worship God, and Cain, because of his attitude, did not do that. He did not believe that was necessary. I mean, maybe he took God for granted. I don't know, but... We can't speculate on all of this, but we, we can, we can uh, uh, say conclusively that Cain's offering was unacceptable. We have to go back to look at the attitude behind it. Uh, it's one of those things we have to look at, too. It's not even, not even, I don't even think it's so much about the, the blood sacrifice issue. I think it was just because of Cain's attitude. If Cain's attitude was such that I'm just going to go through the motions and do this, guess what? It's not going to be accepted. We have to be very conscious of our attitudes when it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to how we view God, how we look at God. We may do things out in the open, 
that may be deemed acceptable by others. But if God doesn't accept it, guess what? You're, it's not, it's not going to work. We, we have to keep those things in mind as we, we look at those, uh, look at how we live for Jesus Christ. We don't just go through the motions. We do it with sincerity. That's what it comes down to. It wasn't so much going through the motion. It was the fact that he chose to do it his way. He chose to do it his way. I, I agree. I'm going to worship you, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to worship you. Right. My my lovely bride is saying, I'm repeating what she's saying if you can't hear her. Um, essentially, she's saying, I'm going to worship you whatever way I want to. I don't really care what you think. I'm just going to do it this way and maybe even get it over with or whatever it is because I've got other things to do. That's what Cain said. said, yes. <laughs> Abel did not do that. Um, that, that thank you. <laughs> that's exactly right. But that's But that's so important here. We have to recognize that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ... Our faith is a sincere faith. It's a sincere worship. It is a worship that requires thought and action and not just going through the motions. We have to understand we have a lot of people in church today who go through the motions. They go through the motions and they sit in church and they hear everything that's going on and they may observe things. And, and basically it's, okay, I've got this checkbox off for the day. Well, when you start treating God as a checkbox, you've got yourself a real problem. And so you're not working out anything uh, when it comes to your salvation or you're not doing what's necessary to really appreciate what God has done for you. And so let's not dwell on that negative aspect of it because that's really where it's a matter of prayer now that you change your attitude and change your focus and redevelop your focus into something that God is going to accept, God's going to acknowledge Remember what Jesus said in the where people were talking about you haven't done this work for me you haven't been charitable Lord what you know when you were you know we were doing all these things for you you know why aren't you counting those things and they and basically because Jesus saw the attitude of those who were doing those things people were doing a lot of things sometimes for attention they weren't necessarily doing them because they were being sincere or being faithful to the Lord or or following God at, at all we have to recognize that why is today any different? Why is this time that we're living in any different? There are people who will act in the flesh. They will uh, use the Lord's name for profit. They will do things that will um, supposedly get a greater following or get more people. Maybe it's social media. I don't know. Um, but but you know, the motivation of many people can be questioned, frankly, by what you see on the back end. Uh, if you don't see a life that follows and appreciates who the Lord Jesus Christ is, then you pretty much know what you need to know about that individual. And the the thing is that you're not going to fool God with this stuff. He will know exactly where you're coming from. You need to be faithful. You need to trust in him. You need to believe in him. And if you're struggling in this area, there's nothing that you can't pray for that will help. <laughs> you can pray for something to, to help out here to make sure that you indeed are being faithful to the Lord. You are serving the Lord that you have a greater appreciation for what God is doing for you in your life. That is what you need to be prayerful about. Back to the text, Hebrews 11:5. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For because before he was taken up, I keep misreading that. I apologize. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Well, we the likelihood of us being taken up uh, before we die is probably next to zero. <laughs> you 
Enoch is an example that we read about in Scripture that because he was so faithful, because he had such a heart for God, God just took him right up into heaven in that chariot, and he disappeared. And, and, and we have to understand that that's something that is exceptional. It's an exceptional uh, statement that's being made. But the reader here in Hebrews is trying, uh, the writer in Hebrews is trying to tell us he was known as a person who pleased God. He had a track record of pleasing God. That was the life that he lived. That was what he had demonstrated. And we, too, can live in, a, in such a way where people can look back on our lives um, and know that we had uh, that God was pleased with our, our behaviors, our actions, what we were doing, how we were serving him. Um, we, we can do those things because that comes down to the book of James talks about faith without works. Faith without works is dead. Um, that's what we have to recognize here. We, our faith has to demonstrate something. It's not our works that save us. It's our faith that saves us. But the works are a demonstration of our faith. So we have to recognize that as we look at what people see. What people saw in Enoch, they, he was a person who pleased God. And so it was not really a great mystery um, that God was pleased with him and decided to demonstrate that to everybody else around the time. Took him right up into heaven. Now, And I know we're not going to have that experience, but we, we can still have a live a life where people recognize how faithful we truly are. Um, and they see that, and there's evidence of it. And now verse 6, Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You hear that? He rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's not like you're not going to get something for your faith. You will get something. You're going to get answers. You're going to get God's grace. You're going to get God's presence. You're going to get all the things that come with your relationship with him. It's not a waste of time for you to express your faith. You've got to believe in him. You've got to believe that he exists. Not If you've got to get to the point where you don't, you're questioning God's existence, well, that's a matter of faith, and you're going to have to pray that God reveals some things to you to help you with that issue. That's what it comes down to. Hebrews 11.6 is one of those watershed verses that you really want to make sure that you understand that faith is a necessity if you want to please God. You can't please God without faith. Believing that God exists is only the beginning. And understand something. Even the demons believe that God exists. Go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2 verses 19 and 20. We need to understand that uh, the believing in Jesus as far as his existence goes is not really where we should be parking ourselves. We need to go further than that. We 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 need to go much further than that frankly because the demons know who Jesus is. And so let's look at what it says in James chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Again, the English Standard Version. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. And then verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. The demons know who God is. But we should have a faith that goes much further than what the demons think. For goodness sake. Uh, our, our faith must go much further than that. We are God's children. When we have faith in him, he has brought us into his family. 
and we should be developing a relationship. You know how relationships are in some families are sometimes toxic. They're sometimes full of drama. And it's not supposed to be that way, but often it is. And the reason why it is that way is because of our flesh, our fleshliness. Well, we don't have that kind of relationship with the Lord. We shouldn't have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Can we get angry with God sometimes? Absolutely. It's part of relationships, but there's always reconciliation that's available when we have those types of relationships. Reconciliation. Reconcile with God. God calls for us to reconcile with him. He reconciled with us through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. So reconciliation is always an answer when there is some sort of tension or some sort of dysfunction that takes place in a relationship. But you have to be willing to seek after that. You have to be willing to say, okay, I will. I will reconcile. I will go through this process. That's what we should be doing in our families, and that's what we should be doing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, faith is something that it either makes sense to us or it doesn't. I, I guess we'll talk about that more um, next week. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But faith is a necessity for us to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. So what, your homework... <laughs> will be about thinking about what why faith is necessary and are we those type of you know we we talk a lot about common sense and sometimes common sense is is based upon what experience uh reality well faith sometimes goes beyond that and so we have to kind of wrestle and measure now the necessity of faith and why we have to have faith um so that's something to think about um he wants your faith uh, God wants your faith to be a dynamic relationship, a personal relationship and a dynamic one. And I'm prayerful that you will see this as we go through this passage and look at these things. Um, we are not going to completely understand God. We're not going to completely understand who he is, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have faith anyway. You're asking yourself to understand a limitless God, a God who created this universe, who created you, and our capacity for understanding of who God is under these circumstances is virtually impossible. Our minds cannot get around that. That all has to be revealed to us one day. We have to see it one day when we have fellowship with him. Amen? Let's, let's think on those terms. Think on those terms and make sure that we're understanding that um, we can try to be intellectual all we want to about this, but it's not going to work. It's just not going to be beneficial. That's what we have to recognize. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to sit with us, Lord, and quietly just hear you speak to us through the power of your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, bless us now. Help us to understand greater this thing of faith that we get involved in. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless us and keep us now as we move forward, as we think on these things about faith until we gather together next time. Lord, help us to see and show us what you have been trying to teach us and continue to teach us all throughout this time that we have with you here on earth about who you are and what you would have us to do. And, Lord, we thank you for the promises that you've kept and the promises that you will keep in the future. We give you praise and thanks. We ask all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being here this morning, and we thank you for those of you who are not with Akron Elias to joining us, for joining us as well. All are welcome to come and visit and sit with us, and we thank you for being here. We hope that you join us again next time and next week at this same time. 
Uh, God bless you all and take care of yourselves. And for those of you in Akron, I will see you in a little while uh, down at church. Take care and we will see you here next time.